Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. everyone welcome back for a brand new edition of collider forces i've been looking forward to this one since sundance since january noah galvin from theater camp hello and now i can say like a true from the heart congratulations on this movie because it is delightful thank you so 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 much thank you for having me perry so you say thank you now, but I haven't warned you about the very first step of Collider Forces. It's playing with this lovely dice tower behind me. I have eight random questions here. You get three rolls on the tower, and whatever I roll for you, that is where our conversation begins. Okay, deal. Fun. All right. First one up. We are kicking this off with a number one, which makes me so incredibly happy because it comes from our Sundance interview. So I'll preface this by saying I saw this salad joke in the movie, but I wasn't sure if it was like a bigger salad thing that you all have like going on here. So this one is just called salad. You show up at a make your own salad place. I want to know your ideal salad. What goes in the the uh, the final mixture there? This is a great question. I do it all the time. <clears throat> I'm showing up to a chopped. I'm showing up to a just salad. Um, you know, I'm going to start with a base of maybe some spring mix, uh, maybe half spring mix, half romaine. Okay. Um, a little roughage, a little bit of basically crunchy water. And then I'm going to do a little bit of uh, crouton. Got to get a starch in there, uh, really lay a base. Um, then I'm going to go in with some, you know, the usual suspects, cucumber, avocado for creaminess, cucumber, obviously for texture, also crunchy water. Um, maybe throw just a little bit of like dried cranberry in there to give you a little bit of sweetness. Um, I'm going to be really basic about my dressing. I'm just going to do like a balsamic vinaigrette, call it a day. If I'm feeling frisky and like, I want to ignore my dairy allergy and <laughs> make tomorrow morning a little bit worse. I'm going to add a little bit of shaved Parmesan in there. Um, 
And do you know what I, 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 most of these salad places have like refrigerated a few days old chicken that grosses me out a little bit. So I'm going to avoid a protein. I'm just going to make a veggie salad. Uh, and then we will get her chopped um, so that everything is well mixed. I want a little bit of everything in every bite and then we'll call it a day. That you like felt like you were prepared with this answer and I respect that. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I like this. This is something I've been wondering since January. All right. Now you got your second roll in the tower. <laughs> All right. We're jumping over to a number seven. Number seven is my favorite question because this one is called Scream. And there's only one question for a topic that is Scream. What is your favorite scary movie? Mm. I'm going to say um, Cabin in the Woods because... Um, it's not just a scary movie. Do you know what I mean? Um, I love movies that like subvert your idea of whatever the thing looks like on paper. Um, and it's a movie that uh, was marketed so geniusly in that they didn't give away any of the twists and turns throughout the film, but you think you're walking into one thing and then it very, very quickly becomes another thing. Um, and has like a little bit of fantasy, a little bit of sci-fi. It has like a little bit of everything, a little bit of humor, um, a little bit of Kristen Connolly. <laughs> Always a good thing. I think about that elevator sequence very, very often. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I would say that. You should do a horror movie. Okay. Why not? Why not? Come on. I love that genre so, so much. I just want to recruit all of my favorite actors to be in horror movies. Okay, fine. I'm down. Okay, good. We'll we'll make this happen. We'll talk about it later. All right. Fantastic. Third roll on the tower. Final roll. It is on the floor, but we're wrapping this up with a number three. Okay, so number three is an acting-specific question. This one's called Never Again. What is something you did for a role that now makes you say, I'm really glad I tried that, but I don't have to do that again? Uh, my sister graduated from Carnegie Mellon with a group of actors and performers and directors and producers that created a... Um, created a theater company like right out of school called exit pursued by a bear and we did like very long plays in our friend and director uh ed iskandar's loft in midtown on 45th and 10th and it was very short-lived because we didn't have the money to be able to pay anybody and so we were all sort of working for free but it was some of the most artistically satisfying work i think i've ever done in my career I was 17 and I sort of just weaseled my way into this theater company because it was like my sister and her friends. And I was like, I want to play. And uh, the first play I did with them was an all male production of King Lear where most of the men were in drag, uh, starring Billy Porter as uh, King Lear. I played the fool at 17. Um, it was just a, a bunch of wonderful, wonderful actors but the play, the version of King Lear we did was like the original folio from like, you know, 1500, whatever. And um, it was six and a half hours long. And as the actors, we would show up like four hours before the show, we would cook a giant meal for the audience. And then we would welcome them in, in costume. We would sit them in the living room, do an act of the play, feed them a meal, uh, do another act of the play, feed them dessert, do another act of the play, get drunk with them, and then just like hang out. Um, and it became very quickly like we were like the cool kids in New York for a little while. It was this like invite-based VIP, like I'm as VIP as like off-Broadway theater can get. Um, 
But uh, the second play I did is something that I'll never do again. Uh, it was a play called A Rock of Java. And uh, it was like an Indonesian-inspired piece based on an Indonesian folktale. And we would bring the audience in and very immersive, we would wash their feet. And um, we each had like a bucket and like steamed towels. And we would remove the audience members shoes, take off their socks. You also learned very quickly about people's weird things and their feet. <laughs> a lot of people don't like their feet touched. But I would as charmingly as possible convince them to bare their toes to me. And then I would take this bucket and rag and I would wash people's feet as a means of like bringing them into the world of the of the peace and Indonesia and you know, yeah. <laughs> I honestly think I don't think I'll the, be washing people's feet in my future. This is the best answer to this question I've ever heard. Like usually I'm like, like I rode a horse once, I'll never do it again. Like this this was like kind of beautiful. And I hope you bring back at least some elements of these uh immersive performance experience. Like in particular, the idea of a six hour show with meals in between. I don't know. That sounds like something I would love to do. I was some of my favorite theater I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. All right. We're going to get into the meat of our conversation now. Every single Forces interview begins here. What is the movie, the performance you saw, personal experience you had, you name it, that first made you say to yourself, I absolutely have to be an actor? Um, my first Broadway show I ever saw was You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. And uh, the performance in that, I mean, there were so many amazing performances in that. Anthony Rapp, Alana Levine, uh, Kristen, a young Kristen Chenoweth. Um, but my personal favorite uh, was Roger Bart as uh, Snoopy. Um, he just blew my mind and stole the show like multiple times. And I had only at that point seen like, you know, my sister's community theater productions, which were lit. Um, but it was the first time I had seen like real professional actors on a Broadway stage doing a musical that I had been listening to, um, which is always a joy. It's like going to a concert, you, you know, you know, all the music of, you just get to sing along to everything and you feel that much closer to the thing and that it's that much more impactful and meaningful. Um, and I've always admired Roger and his, I mean, his career is like exactly what I've always wanted. It's like full of variety and longevity. Um, he's been around forever and he's gotten to do everything because he's trusted and just incredible. But that was, I think, the first role and first show that really blew my mind open and made me not only just want to do it because my siblings were doing it and I wanted to hang out with them and be like them, um, but it was the first time I was like, oh, that's what I want to be doing. And I think that's what I want to do for like the rest of my life. And I made that decision at a very young age. And I still feel that way. I have a million follow-up questions so that I hope I can remember them all. The, the first thing, as you were describing that, it was making me wonder about this. But when it comes to film, do you remember the very first movie you saw that you know, made the real world disappear where you were so fully enveloped by movie magic that you realized the power that on-screen storytelling could have? Mm. Honestly, I think it was probably something that like, there was this Stephen King miniseries called A Perfect Storm. Is that what it's called? Or Storm of the Century? 
I'm shocked I have not one seen is about wait there's a movie about a bunch of dudes on a boat and then there's a and then there's this mini the Stephen King miniseries and I can't remember it's Storm of the, I think it's Storm of the Century but it's about this like creepy man who comes to this town and how this town like deals with this sort of like entity I think it's a sort of you know it's a metaphor for like the other um and how we as a society like deal with that concept but it rocked me and I had two older siblings and at that point my parents were like we don't have it in us to like curate your <laughs> your sort of like social education like figure it out um and my dad was like I'm watching a tv show if you want to watch it watch it if you don't you don't and I was like I'll watch it and I remember it like kept me up at night for like months and months and months and it was like very traumatizing to me and I think as I've like sat with that trauma and like I've picked it apart it was traumatic because it was like on paper like scary but it was impactful to me and it like made me feel something in a way that like I had never felt before and it felt like real to me and the storytelling felt like lived in and human and even though it was like a spooky mini series uh, yeah it really impacted me and i think it was probably one of the first times where i felt like rocked by something even though it was a negative rocking well i like that i'm pretty well read when it comes to stephen king stuff so the fact that there's anything out there that i haven't seen like now i'm going to have this experience because this is skyrocketed to the top of my must my must go check it out <laughs> i will i will um so you have this dream to become an actor at that time what did you think was step one to becoming a professional actor and now having done it would you recommend that as a first step to somebody else out there or did you find something more effective along the way yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I don't know if I'd recommend it in that, like, I think everybody's path is a little bit different. I think it depends on what you want to be doing with your career and, like, where you want to go. Um, I think I knew from a very early age that I wanted to do musical theater um, and that I wanted to be on Broadway. And so my first step was um, dance class and voice lessons. Um I had been, you know, I went to a place called Northern Westchester Center for the Arts, uh, which was near the town I grew up in, Katona, New York. And I was taught by amazing youth theater teachers that have all inspired, you know, this movie. Um, my experience of just going to like youth theater programs and theater camp. Um, but yeah, there was a teacher named Amelia DeMaio, who was my first voice teacher that I went to starting at the age of nine. And she sort of like started working with me and very quickly opened my eyes to the fact that like I could do this professionally. That's not something that like it was very foreign to me to be like a child actor was something I never really saw for myself. I just wanted to be on Broadway. Um, and she was like, you can be on Broadway. You can be on Broadway now if you wanted to be. And like that sort of blew my mind. Um, and she set me up over the phone singing for like an agent named Nancy Carson. Uh, who was my agent for a long time. And Nancy sent me to an audition for the national tour of Les Mis when I was 10 years old, and I booked it. And I was sort of like off to the races, you know? 
Oh, I love that so much. I want to I want to go back to your your voice teacher and like any form of teaching and coaching in general. Can you can you maybe give me an example of something you learned from a teacher like that or in a class that, you know, going into it you might have dismissed it as as not important and not for you, but you then came to learn that like no, that was a very valuable technique and it's something you still hold on to today. Yeah, I think, you know, like the ballet classes I was put in when I was younger. Um, as much as I recognize like my want to become a dancer or have dance ability, ballet is boring when you're six years old, you know, seven years old, eight years old. Um, there's so many weekends where I was like, dad, can we like just get McDonald's and like tell mom we went to ballet. Um, and sometimes he would oblige and sometimes he wouldn't, but they're, you know, I think the um, my resistance to the thing, as much as I was resistant to the thing, I look back now on that sort of like physical education that I was given, and I'm so, so grateful for it. Um, it's a skill that I leaned on in this very movie and like multiple scenes. Um, and I think without that, without my parents sort of like forcing me to have that foundational um, physical intelligence, I would not be where I am today. I love that so much. So you you get these early gigs, you have these these lessons, and then you start to book projects. Of all of your earliest stage and screen projects that you worked on, which would you say put into focus the most for you? Like the kinds of stories you wanted to tell and also the kinds of onset environments you wanted to work in most? I'd say the answer is the same for both questions. Um, I did a musical when I was 15 and uh, 15 and 16 called The Burnt Part Boys, um, written by two great writers, Nathan Tyson and Chris Miller. And it was the first time I had done a musical that didn't feel um, like flashy. It was very much like a very intimate off-Broadway sort of like Southern chamber musical um, where I I played the saw and <laughs> did a lot of silly things like saying a big number and then pulled a peep, marshmallow peep out of my pocket and shoved it into my mouth. Um, that's actually something I'll never do again as there well. There you go. We got uh, to peep on stage every single night. <laughs> um but I had the most like incredible summer of my life working on that musical. Um, there's a theater festival that goes on at Vassar College every summer called New York Stage and Film. Um, and they develop new plays and musicals, and then they do like main stage productions. And the summer I was 15, I spent up at Vassar living in the dorms with a bunch of other young people who were also in this musical with me. And we just, but I had a lot of like firsts that summer, just personally. Um, but on top of that, I was doing material that felt different from anything I had ever done before. It felt like more important. It felt realer. It felt more authentic than any other musical I had been a part of. Musical theater can be very glossy. And this felt uh, very stripped and the sort of opposite of what I had been used to. And it opened my mind 
to there was also some beautiful like scene work in that show and I had never really considered myself like an actor who did plays and I had never really done plays until that point my mom was like you're a boy soprano you're gonna sing um she's not a theater mom she's not a stage mom like whatsoever but she was very adamant about me like utilizing my gifts as a singer um and I realized at that point, like, maybe I want to try not being in musical theater. And it's sort of like, as much as it made me fall, like, re-fall in love with the thing, it also, like, I was worried that I was never going to find a musical or a group of people in a musical um, who would satisfy me in the way it did ever again. And so I sort of, like, left the world of musical theater for a while and just did straight plays in New York for a long time. And I got to do some like really weird, <laughs> really incredible work off Broadway here in New York uh, and worked with a ton of amazing actors and writers and directors and theater companies. Um, but yeah, it just expanded my mind and like introduced me to this whole other world. And then when I finally did go back to the world of musical theater, it felt more on like my terms. Um, and I got to be a little bit more specific about the kind of musicals that I wanted to participate in. Oh, I love that. I'll stick with the idea of expanding your world. I haven't asked this question in a while. It's one of my favorites. Of all of the actors you've ever worked with on stage or on screen, whose process is most similar to yours? Where the second you met, you were immediately in sync. But then I also want the opposite. Someone with a completely different approach to the work who challenged you to adapt and maybe try something new and for the better. Mm. Um, I'd say somebody I vibed with pretty much immediately was Martha Plimpton. Um, who played my mom on the Real O'Neills for for two three years? Um, I miss her every day. Um, she's alive. <laughs> she's she just in London. She's just in London. Just in London recently, she is thriving <laughs> on the Collider YouTube channel. Good, good, good. I'm very happy about it. Um, yeah, we're all the better for it. Uh, Martha and I come from the same place. We're both Upper West Side. We're both Upper West Siders. Um. We both just have a similar sort of like grounded, realistic, slightly wry um, look, uh, a sort of like um, outlook on life. Um, I immediately just connected with her as a person. And, you know, we were both moving to Los Angeles to be on like a family sitcom. And, I think I personally never really saw that for myself. I thought I was like just going to be a theater kid my whole life. And Martha had sort of like, you know, had always been on camera, but considers herself like a, a stage actor. And she is one of the best we have. Um, and so the fact that she's like graced our televisions for as long as she has is just, um, we're, we should all be very thankful. Um, and so she got to sort of like usher me into this world that felt really foreign to me, but she knew exactly where I was coming from and was able to like, you know, um, was able to like structure this entry into this new world uh, for me in like the safest, most satisfying way, familial way possible. Um, so I will, I am forever grateful for her. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. What a great answer to that one. What, what about the opposite now? Someone you met who had a different way of tackling the work and inspired you to try something new? Honestly, I don't even know if it's like a, a performer or artist because you know, I think there's similarities in like any, you know, two performers that you could find. Um, but I'd say like the people that have like, maybe broadened my horizons the most or have like forced me out of my comfort zone or like my personal uh, ways of doing things or like the people that inspired my character, Glenn Winthrop in theater camp or um, the like the stage managers, honestly, that I've worked with throughout my career, they're not necessarily on paper the people that I vibe with. <laughs> um, I'm I can be pretty uh, not that I'm boundaryless because I do consider myself like a a very grounded person, but I, you know, am not somebody who always shows up on time. Um, I'm not somebody who responds to emails or texts uh, quickly, uh, quite the opposite. <laughs> and I do not, I do not contain the like the type A gene. I'm just very much not that person. And so I've had to like, you know, I've been at odds with a lot of stage managers throughout my career. Um, but I've had to like learn to really find respect for them and I have learned to like grow to love these people that make our jobs possible you know if we did not have the people keeping the schedule and the people with you know the little signs on the call sheets that's like you know five minutes early is on time on time is late and five minutes late is unacceptable Um, they're not necessarily people that I'm like, I would love to just like sit down and get a drink, you know? Um, but at a certain point, I think I always sort of find a bond with them because they too have dedicated their lives to this very specific, weird little world. Um, and there's like a common love there that I think is like a nice emotional bridge for two people that may not see eye to eye every day. It's an excellent answer. The respect you give to uh, stage managers through this particular role is just like A plus stuff. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Thank you. We don't often give voice to the like, you know, the men, women, and days in black, you know, yes. who are behind the scenes or, you know, running the spot up or the light board or, you know, racing around with your props backstage, making sure that your quick change is done on time and cleanly and deftly, you know. So I wanted to sort of, put those people on a pedestal a little bit because they take their jobs just as seriously as the Rachel Berries of the world, you know? 
Absolutely. So I want to follow up on something else you had mentioned at Sundance that has nothing to do with salad. You were telling me a little bit about how the framing device for theater camp changed, you know, early on in the script while you were developing the story. What was that original framing device and what signaled to you all that it needed to change to better suit the final film? You know, I think this entire making of this movie was just a sort of like collection of creative of moments of like creative problem solving um every single day it was about showing up and like making sure that we got like the best of the best on the day but it was never ever ever what we had planned on you know um and so like the framing device of the entire film i think everything would just like remained in flux till the very last moment but it was you know a testament to like the fact that we had four minds on this project and you know all of our hands on deck um looking to bring this thing to fruition in the best way possible um but basically when we started writing the movie we recognized that in order to make the thing as universal as possible, you know, we were making something very specific. We were making a movie about theater camp, not just camp, but theater camp. Um, not everybody goes to camp, not everybody likes theater. Um, and so we needed a sort of like outsider perspective to bring the audience into this world, or, you know, at least the audience who don't already know and love this world. Um, and so that went through like a lot of different iterations, like who that person was going to be and what that lens was going to be. At one point, it was like a novelist writing a book about a um, And then in, in just getting more and more specific, um, we landed on Jimmy and we just let Jimmy sort of like inspire us. We're all such fans of his. Um, and he's a fellow television actor or fellow ABC actors. Um, and I just wanted, honestly, to put Jimmy on and give him an opportunity to, like, stretch himself, you know, to to do the thing he does best. Um, yeah, but also we, we wrote, like, a, a, a you know, a, a two-dimensional character for him on paper. Um, you know, we went in with this uh, scriptment, we were calling it, a sort of, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm-style outline um, where we structured everything pretty heavily wrote all jokes and sometimes scenelets or full scenes um but on the day we really just let people like play and you know jimmy's like introduction to the world was on youtube and he made like one or two sketches a week for like years with his friends um jimmy's instagram handle is at jimmy which is very specific and the only people that have that are like early internet people, you know? It was like, he has been there. Um, and we basically just wanted to give him the opportunity to like play. And so we handed him this character that was like our idea of like a bro-y vlogger, YouTuber guy. And we just let him run free. And he showed up on the day and just infused this two-dimensional character with a th third dimension he just gave it like heart and sweetness in places we didn't really expect there to be he like blew our minds every day and that he 
just expanded the whole thing and made it that much larger and that much uh, more emotional, you know, a lot of where we didn't necessarily see it. He really is. I think sweetness is probably the perfect way to describe that character. And it's a quality that obviously I did not expect to get from that character when you first yeah. introduce him, which is kind of the point. I have to let you go in a minute. I'm going to end with like a big type of future question inspired by theater camp, because this seems like such a special production where you're working with a team of people you know and love. You get the opportunity to work with a scriptman and play and like find the film on the spot. And also, this is your first feature film that you're producing, which is absolutely huge. So with all of that, is there any goal you have for yourself in terms of like this business and what's possible with making movies that feels more in reach to you than ever? That's a really good question. I think we're at such an interesting place in this business right now with the strike that's going on. Um, because I don't necessarily know what this business will look like in like a week let alone like a year from now you know i hope that we come out of this in a more equitable um landscape for everybody um but i don't know i i you know like roger bart i hope to have variety and longevity um and I want to keep like expanding and, and playing roles I haven't played before. I think I've been really lucky to to get to do a lot of different things um, and play a lot of different kinds of people. And I don't know if there's any one thing that I look forward to doing. I think I just look forward to like continue my evolution and continue to show people different sides of me and keep proving myself. I like the sound of that. Things like you've never done before, though, like a horror movie <laughs> exactly <laughs> very exactly i hope you get everything you want from here on out and i do hope that everyone in this industry gets what they want but more importantly what they deserve and that way we can foster strong filmmaking communities and incredible end results like theater camp going forward because i know i need more films like this in my life it makes me so happy so happy to be a film fan so happy to be a theater fan I cannot congratulate you and the team enough on this movie. Thank you so much. I hope you see it July 14th. Yeah, I like that. Congratulations. You are welcome back to Collider Forces anytime. Thank you, Perry. It was lovely to see you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.